Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. This is Allison Scammell, and we have a fabulous episode for you today. I was lucky enough to speak with communications strategist Crystal Covington about how to grow your business by galvanizing your current customer base. There's a lot of focus out there in the business world about how to grow your business by reaching new audiences and new people and growing your audience. But sometimes I think we neglect to talk about the people who are already in your audience and how we can deepen our connections to them to grow our business. So in today's episode, Crystal shares with us her top tips to creating connections to your audience. The biggest missed opportunities Crystal sees when people don't galvanize their customer base and how can the energy we bring to our customer relationships impact how we feel and perform in our business. We'll end on a challenge that will have you creating the type of strong connections to your audience that turns them into raving fans and repeat clients and customers. So be sure to stay with us until the end. Welcome to She Grows, a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs ready to be seen and get fully booked using their unique genius, intuitive voice, and spirit guides. Each week, we'll explore how to create offerings based on what you do best so you can have a wait list of ideal clients and bring in continuous income. I'm your host, Allison Scamble. Let's get growing. Hey there, She Grows Nation. That is the name of this sisterhood of soul-guided entrepreneurs. If you're not already a citizen of She Grows Nation, then I invite you to join our Facebook group of over 1,000 women running heart-based businesses that are in service to each other and the planet. Today, I speak to Crystal Covington about how to grow your business by galvanizing your current customer base. Crystal Covington is a communication strategist collaborating with global leaders of companies from startups to Fortune 500. Her team specializes in business growth strategy, media relations, community outreach, influencer marketing, and content marketing. Her impactful work has been showcased in TEDx, Forbes, Lifetime, Fox, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and dozens of other powerful outlets. I had a fantastic time chatting with Crystal, so please enjoy. Welcome, Crystal. I'm so happy to have you on She Grows. Thanks. I've been listening for a while, and I'm so excited to be a part of this community. 
Oh my gosh. I love to hear that you listen. A lot of my guests, I don't think listen. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, so tell us, um, we're talking about galvanizing your current customer base. And let's just start with, uh, if you could talk us through what that actually means. Yeah, so it, it has a lot of different pieces within that meeting. And what it really is, is if you think about, um, you might think of what you do as a business, you might think of what you do as an art form, but either way, those people need to have a connection with you. Some of the biggest brands in the world, people have a deep connection to and want to you know, continue to spread the word. They want to be part of things. There have been brands that win, um, and especially individuals that have been my leaders and coaches, I've wanted to do everything that they put in front of me. So if they hosted a meeting, I wanted to be part of that meeting. If they um, invited me to meet someone, I was gung-ho to meet that person. And so galvanizing your customer base really just means making them feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves, making it special, making what you do feel like a part of their life and not just you sold them something. And especially with people, you know, as I listen to the show and I think about who's probably listening, there's a lot of people who may be in roles where they are personally involved with their customers at a different level. They might be coaches, they might be um, leaders in, sp in special ways to those people. And that just means they need to, it's just part of their world to really um, focus, especially on having a, a connection in that way. Nice. So um, what we're talking about here is um, growing our business in a way that makes our potential customers and our customers and our audience make them making them feel like they're part of something bigger. And um, and that has the effect of really connecting them to your brand. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what are your, what are your top tips for doing that? Creating that really profound connection at the simplest level. So I'll, I'll, I'll start simple and I'll go bigger. So at the simplest level, it's really making sure that when you are engaging with people that you see them as a person, an individual, and you're taking that time to really understand their needs and give them the best possible experience beyond just, of course, taking care of what you promised to take care of. Um, and that also means at the next step, so starting with that person, giving them a really amazing experience, then really thinking bigger and saying, how does that person, um, I have a mentor who talks about it as a tree, and he's, um, he's very smart in simplifying things. And he kind of says, you know, there's an orchard as he has his business, you know, refers to things as an apple orchard. And he basically says each person has an orchard and that's an orchard of connections. So how you treat that, that person um, is going to resonate with them and they will share that hopefully with their connections. But then you further that bond by actually reaching out and asking to be a part of their community even more. So going deeper in the community that they know to broaden your network, introducing them to people within your community. So for example, if you have a business where you're able to host events where people can be part of a community and meet others, and then you invite them to bring other people in. So you can have, um, sometimes people do engagement activities like those events that I mentioned or doing things like um, 
contests and games to just get people interacting. And that's really some of that more high level stuff. So some of the bigger companies, they do things like engagement games and contests and giveaways, or they might have a TikTok addict now. So they might have TikTok opportunities where you participate with the brand by doing a TikTok challenge. So there's so many different ways to be a part of something with them um, in lots of different formats. And that's a special sort of connection that you can have with people. But at the smaller level, which some people may be starting at, you just start off by treating that person like a part of a special community that you've created and then creating opportunities for them to connect deeper and meet new people and allowing you to also connect and meet new people from their network so that you both grow and broaden the people that you know. Nice. And so most of the people listening to this show are solopreneurs. So they're there are a few small businesses, but I would say most are um, kind of one woman shows mostly. <laughs> and so they might be saying, well, I would like to do that, but I don't have a team of people who can help me or I don't have tons of resources. So could you give some throw out some ideas for someone who would want to start to create this this orchard in their business of these deeper connections and they feel like they don't have uh, you know, a staff or lots of resources to invest in something fancy? Oh, it doesn't take anything fancy at all. So one of the things that I usually suggest people do is schedule yourself one hour a week and make a plan to use that time effectively to basically nurture your your um, community. And so you can even schedule in your time in your in your calendar and call it community nurturing. And all that means is setting an intention of what you'd like to accomplish with those people saying to yourself, okay, I would like to have, um, and, and you can make it something profit-based. I would like to have five new customers. So then you have to think, who do I need to support? Who do I need to connect with? Who do I need to um, have in my corner? Who do I need to build trust with? Because essentially what you're doing, the, the, the essential piece that makes people want to buy from you, that makes people want to work with you is going to be trust. I mean, that's the, the biggest piece of what makes people make that decision. And so you can also frame it, who do I need to build trust with today? And you can reach out to one person a week and take that hour and really focus on, hey, I'm going to reach out and <clears throat> try to make a connection with one person, have a conversation, talk to them. Um, feed into their, um, their, you know, be a part of their community for this day. You can do something like that, or you can split it up and say, I'm going to take these actions. You can do social media and say, I'm going to use that hour to go and find people that I, I really want to support today and find things that they've posted and give them really beautiful affirmations on that. And so that one hour can really make a difference. I have a, um, women's organization that I started back in 2014. And when I first began that, granted, I had a lot of free time back then. I, I had a full-time job and I was married, but I didn't, I, all I am, I'm pretty much a TV watcher. I don't really do anything else. So having all those things still, I felt like I had a lot of time. So I would sit on social media. I used to ride the light rail to work 
And so I would go and use that time riding the light rail, which was probably about 45 minutes. And that was every day though, 45 minutes every day, but I would sit and play on social media. And I found that I could find my members and um, people who even visited the organization. I would find these people on social. I would follow them. And I had lists, for example, on Twitter where I could um, go to that list and see what they've been posting about. And I would comment on everything. And I remember somebody once coming to an event and I said, wow, you come to all the events. She said, because you're everywhere. <laughs> she said, I feel like I have to come because you'll know if I'm not here. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny because I was being really intentional about making these folks feel seen. And because of that, they felt like I would know if they weren't showing up to events and they felt like I needed them there and I wanted their presence. And I did. And so that really, it really came out. And so little things like that can make such a difference of all I was doing was going and commenting on the things that they were posting and making them feel like I was aware of them and watching them and being a part of that world for them. And people do sometimes take social media very personally. Yeah. And so this is such a good example because you didn't spend any money on ads, right? Mm -hmm. You were just going out and making connections. Right. I've seen, oh my goodness, I've seen people, I I met someone last year. My very last event was March 11th, 2020. <laughs> and um, it was, I think I had half attendance. So there was about 50 people there. And um, one of the people there gave sort of a testimony of the fact that she had spent um, about $7,000 in ads because she bought this class that told her uh, said something like ten thousand dollars and ten and and some sort of conversion. It had some sort of cool math to it, but it basically said that if you spend ten, you get you know ten x back or something like that. And so she spent seven and she got nothing and was basically very sad about it and had now started the process. Then started the process of repaying her debt and figuring out more effective strategies. Um, and she was close to paying that debt down because she had really focused in on it and took on some other work to get it done. But it reminded me that so many people, um, you know, there's so many people teaching ad-based tactics and ads can work for certain kinds of businesses. And yes, there are definitely those people that have gone out and said, I'm going to build this humongous business. I'm going to be a million dollar um, expert or a million dollar thought leader, or, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to do and they do figure it out and they do it. So I'm, everybody knows that somebody did it. It's possible. Um, but it is, it is one of those things that sometimes people get caught up in. And I do believe that starting, um, with, so I started my women's membership with, um, with no, uh, advertising expenses, and I did not believe in that at the time. I feel like you have to, part of proving that what you're doing makes sense for people and that it has value is getting people to sign up um, on a organ in an organic way. So I just, I literally, we didn't have all the fancy tools that exist today. It was only 2014, but I didn't have that. So I, I had, um, what did I use? It was free conference calls. So oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I oh, went yeah. conference call technology and 
have group calls with these people and introduce them to one another and make them feel really great and show them what the experience would be working with me. And then I gave them an offer at the end. And I said, email me. I mean, literally email me. There was no closing. There was no online tool to close or anything. There was no clock (laughs) countdown or email system. I just said, okay, email me by this date to let me know that you're ready to go and I'll call and and process your credit card (laughs) and we'll get started and you'll get this, this special offer. And it was, it was a very different world than today, but I got five people to sign up for a year of membership and that was all I wanted. So I said that my promise to myself was I will quit this if I don't get five people to sign up because if I can't get five people to join for a year, then it means nothing to anyone. And I did. And then after that, I had I had to commit and I said, okay, well, now I'm stuck with this. I need to keep going. And now I need more members. And so I had to figure out a sales process, which was terrifying because it's not the kind of person that I was. But I had a really great mentor who had started a membership program and was one of those kind of like hardline salespeople. And she taught me things to do and told me the hard stuff and gave me the hard critiques and helped me to move forward in um, being that sweet kind. I don't like, I felt like I don't like to sell person and thinking that sales is horrible and gets people to do things they don't want to do. And she helped change my mind about that and helped teach me um, how sales brings people to things that they need. And if I don't learn to sell, I'm stealing from them experiences that will change their life. So she's, she just completely turned it around on me and then and taught me how to do that process and and be really consistent so that I could actually um, sell as well. Mm. That's awesome. Sales bring things to people they need. I like that. Um, and what are some of the biggest mistakes you see or missed opportunities when people aren't galvanizing or creating those connections to their customers to the and to their potential customers? It's just, it's a serious missed opportunity when somebody is so excited about what you do and you don't give them an opportunity to share. Most people do not naturally go out and post reviews. They don't naturally go out and bring other people to things they just go. So for for example, on my end, people don't necessarily um, always invite a friend to join my membership. So I had to create um, opportunities for them to do that. Or even people don't necessarily, they weren't taking pictures or sharing things. So I actually had to create moments and tell people, hey, I'd love to take this moment to take a selfie. So I I created opportunities. So it wasn't just take a selfie and tag my business. It was, hey, I'm enjoying this moment. I would love for someone to help me take a picture with the group. And so I would, and I've done this at speaking engagements that I had. So I'd be in front of a big group and I'm like, I don't know if these people are going to give me a picture of this. I need to prove that I was here. So on the stage, in the middle of that moment, I would say, okay, we're in a really good place to take a quick pause and reflect. I cannot believe I'm here in front of you all. I cannot believe I get the chance to be here in this moment with you. And I want to I want to share this with everyone I know. Will you help me do that? And people say yes. 
And I say, okay, I'm going to pull out my phone. And then they laugh. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my phone and I want to take a selfie and I want you all to chant. And I would give them a chant. So whatever event I have them. So I might, if it was my event, I'd say, we are women of Denver. And I'd say, practice one time. We are women of Denver. They get it really bad. And I say, okay, get it right this time for the video. And I do it. And then we get it right. And then I have this video to post to my social media. And so then it prompted them and they say, oh, I want to do that too. And so people start doing their own little things and taking pictures. And so I had to give them a really natural and fun and authentic prompt for them to participate in that way. But you can also do things that, you know, aren't as fluffy and cool as that, but simply just asking people um, if you really had a great time or you had a great experience working with me, or if I really helped to transform your life or give you um, a, some sort of significant impact, I would love it if you'd leave a remark on my um, Google My Business or if you'd leave a remark or send me. I've had people just ask me to email them a quick one sentence comment that they could put on their website. I'm on tons of people's websites because I always do it because I always feel like help supporting them and getting testimonials matters so much. Um, and, um, you can also do things like when you're in a meeting with someone and I know it can, it, there, there's an approach to it, but basically figuring out the best approach, but saying, okay, while we're on this meeting and since we had a really great time, so it could be your offboarding meeting. If you're closing out a project with someone or closing out a, um, a process and, um, just saying, Hey, we're done. We're in a transitional moment in our program together. Um, this would be a great time to just record um, so anything that you'd like to say about it. And it will help me to grow at, to share what I do with others and articulate um, how I make an impact. And hearing you articulate that will really make a difference for others. Would you be okay with me recording the rest of this Zoom and asking you a couple of questions and some people will say, heck, no, I'm not going on video. I'm, I don't have makeup on. I didn't do that. I wasn't prepared for that. And some people will say yes, but they're already on the line with you. Um, and then another another thing that I've done um, with my membership is people like to be featured. And so giving people the chance to talk about what they do also can bring you to a testimonial. So I also do, um, if members want to be featured, one of the questions at the end, I ask them all about themselves. And at the end, I say, what do you like about being part of Women of Denver? So then that video featuring them at the end, they're saying, I just love being part of this community. The women here are just amazing. They have connected me. They have helped me grow my business. They have supported me. It means a lot. And so that ends up being um, another, just an opportunity that feels like it's about them because it is, but then it gives them the chance to also help me in growing as well. Because if people don't know that um, this is a member and they don't know that this person likes being a member, um, then it doesn't inspire them to also look into joining. So those kind of things are really great. And I, I know that um, as people probably like myself that don't want to feel inauthentic and just want to make it a, an easy kind of thing, those processes can help. And people really love engaging in that way when it's framed that way. Yeah. Those are some really great examples. And I totally agree with you. Like people like to be featured. They like to feel important. They like to feel special. 
And I think when you let people or you create opportunities for people to feel special, it does create that trust and that connection. And that is uh, a very good thing for turning a prospective client into a client. Um, You said that public relations isn't always about getting media press, but the conversations others are having about you. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So people often think, um, I have a lot of people come to me that say, I need PR, and they really don't. They think that they need to be featured in Forbes to be a trusted advisor, to be a trusted, a lot, most of these people are consultants or coaches of some kind. They're all solopreneurs that um, often come feeling this way. And it's because they see these people who are um, really big deals, the people that they followed that probably inspired them to become what they are, um, they are all have all these logos on their website. And yes, those logos can help in a certain way because they, people people respect those logos. They think, well, they've been featured in Forbes. That must mean something. Um, but the thing that matters the most is knowing that other people trust you. And knowing that other people um, have had positive impact from you. And I honestly think that those things are actually stronger than those logos. It's starting to become a lot of people have those logos and not everybody does. I I know that. But um, those just mean that you had something to say to the news, but they don't mean that you served someone in a positive way and made a positive impact. So those are very different badges. And creating PR for yourself really means having people willing to talk about you outside of your presence and having something, anything, any remark to make. They, they refer to that as being remarkable. Remarkable just means people are um, remarking about you and talking about you outside of your, your outside of the vicinity of your presence. And so real PR to me is, is those experiences where people are learning about you um, without you being there and not necessarily from the news. And those make the biggest impact. Do people, um, I've been featured in, in some really big stuff and nothing happened from it, but I have had really great people um, that I gave a really amazing experience, a couple in particular, some people are really well-connected and I've had a couple of really well-connected people that I give, gave a really great experience to and went above and beyond because I knew they were, um, because they were part of my world. And I just knew that they, you know, um, wanted something really impactful and I wanted to do that for them. And so by doing that for them, then they shared my value to so many people and I got tons of referrals from that, but I have been featured in Forbes and I probably got a couple of calls and that's a, it's a very different impact. So it was cool. And I had a few people say, oh, I saw you in Forbes and it was great. But I saw no change to my finances. <laughs> and um, I've been featured in some, you know, I had a podcast that I had followed for years. And then when they called and wanted me on, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going to change my life. And then nothing happened. <laughs> and, but the things that have changed my life again, have just been people that I impacted 
that brought their whole community of friends and said, all of my friends now want to work with you. And that was more impactful for my life and business than anything else. And I made really great relationships from it. So I think that all of these things are relevant. All of them are important. But if you have to prioritize one over the other, especially because um, PR can be expensive in both, you know, if you're paying somebody else to do it, or if you're spending the time, time is expensive. Um, your time is your most valuable, um, your most valuable asset is your time. Um, if you're going to spend your time on one thing or the other, I would spend it on your network. I would spend it on expanding your community. I would spend it on giving really incredible experiences to people and making people feel like they just want to see you get rich. <laughs> so that that makes the biggest difference. And that connection that you create with people where they just want to reciprocate, reciprocate, reciprocate is so powerful. Yeah, I love that. I notice when I get, you know, quote unquote, big name guests on my on my podcast who have over a million followers on social media, I get really excited, like, oh, I got so-and-so and they've got all these followers. And then they're, they are the very people who never promote the episode because <laughs> they're busy and they're on a lot of stuff. And so um, it's the people, I, you know, people who have, you know, maybe 5,000 followers, which is still great, right? They're the ones that tend to actually promote and they're the ones who actually share the word of the podcast. And I see that consistently. So when people are pitching me to be on this podcast, I don't necessarily just look for who's got the most followers on social media, because that often really doesn't mean I that this podcast will get more exposure. Yeah, it's so true. And part of that, so I'm on the other side of it. Part of that, yes, they're just so busy. And the other part, I think sometimes they're, when they do share, I think they just have so many things that they're sharing that that one thing is almost like a blip to their network. It's it's hard for their network to respond to every single thing that they're doing when they're posting so much. They have like a social media team and they have so many things going on. It's not a big deal. So for somebody on the smaller end, we're like, oh, let's put this in our new, let's put this in the newsletter. Let's put this here. Let's put that there. Because it's the only thing we've done all quarter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yes, that is true. But I, but um, I noticed the bigger name guests that I've gotten on the show don't even share it after they say they will. And that's um, frustrating as the, <laughs> as the host. And of course I send kind and nice follow-up reminders like, Hey, uh, we sent you the media swipes and um, you know, we often get a response back. Yep. We're on it. Um, yeah, so that's like not even very nice, but you know, it is what it is. So like I said, when I'm looking for guests on my show, I, I first and foremost, it's all about getting the right voice in, but yeah, it's not just about, uh, big numbers doesn't always translate right into more exposure or more, whatever it is you want. True. Very true. So, um, you kind of talked about this a little bit. But um, I think a lot of coaches are like, well, I want to be featured in Forbes so I can put the Forbes logo on my mm -hmm. website, like as featured in. And how like how important is that for your brand? If you are someone who wants to be a thought leader and a speaker and you want to be seen as someone who has some authority and credibility, 
Like how important are those logos, do you think, to be the the bigger name, more recognizable logos on a website, even if they're not necessarily landing you clients, but they're adding to your brand authority? I I really, I, I struggle because yes, I'm in the business of PR, but I actually started, I, I actually started leaning towards, I sell people out of it initially because I think there's a level where that matters. I think at certain levels, it's not relevant at all. And I think that it's kind of a, a fallacy, something that we were PR people are really good at promoting PR. <laughs> and so we're amazing at it. And so I, I do think that there are certain things that people have been trained to believe is are a big deal because people have told them so, because we're, you know, we make money by telling you that that's that that's so. I think at certain levels, um, it is important because if you've been around for a long time. You are saying that you're at a certain scale, you know, as you start scaling, it's important to pick those things up because it's a sign of a bigger business. If you are a solopreneur and you're, you know, your goal is just to build a lifestyle business, which is what my goal was. I was never in the business of trying to run some big enterprise and have tons of people under me or be busy all of the time. I have a son. I want to be home. I like to walk. I like to go for hikes. I like to be outside. I don't care about that. You know, I I would never have, I think, you know, if you're in that position, you don't need all that stuff anyway. All you need is your loyal customers. You need a regular income. You need systems. You need your sales processes. You just need to know how you're going to build your pipeline every month and have a pipeline of people that you're consistently checking in on to close. You know, sometimes it takes a few months before someone becomes a customer. And so having that process is much more important as you do decide to scale. For me, I had to do that stuff because I'm in PR. I mean, I got my my even my corporate jobs if I could interview at the job and say, I've been featured in, you know, this, this, and this, that sounds really cool to them. And so for me, my profession means I need to be getting featured because if I'm not anywhere, how will anyone ever trust me getting them anywhere? Um, but I'm not necessarily in a scaling um, capacity or need. So it doesn't, it's not, I would not have recommended myself to worry about it because I'm not trying to scale. Um, if you're in something, so for example, people in finance, things like that, those people need it. So I have finance professionals that I deal with, corporate consultants, stuff like that, because they need to differentiate in a different way. And those people at those, you know, some of the people that they're dealing with their customer base is like, well, who says you're the authority and they need to, you know, they need to know you've been featured somewhere, you've been in financial times and, those things, um, it, it, it helps them to even just close the business. Um, whereas if you're not in that situation, you don't need it. So basically my, my long answer is it just depends on your situation. It only is relevant, in my opinion, if you're scaling and trying to become big so that you can prove, provide evidence of that um, largeness and that scale, or if your customer base is kind of, you know, snooty and needs to see that you have those things. And 
Um, but otherwise, you know, providing a really great story, explaining to people what your qualifications are and showing people who has been impacted by you are all things that matter more and um, should take priority. Yeah, nice. And you've been on a TEDx, you've given a TEDx talk, yes? Yes. And do you feel like, I feel like a lot of the listeners to this podcast would be interested in one day having that experience. Do you feel like that's something that opens doors? Is it something that, I mean, you know, how how do you, how did that open doors for you? If it did. That changed my life. Yes. So I was excited. It was wonderful. I was terrified. I almost forgot my speech and was, I had nightmares of um, falling flat on my face and my blue heels walking up the stairs. I like, because I don't, I'm not good in heels. I was, you know, I wear them because I present. <laughs> um, but that was also a time that I was really growing. I had learned to sell from the stage in um, 2015, and it helped me grow my business. I had a, a friend who was, um, she was a coach, and she had, she she was really pushing me <laughs> in certain ways, and she figured out, she said the right words to get me to fly out from Denver to Atlanta to go to a speakers conference, and they taught how valuable it is to learn to tell your story on a stage because it will change your life. And that was the, they, they talk about it as the greatest way to bring people into what you do and really connect with an audience and build um, your audience and your income. And I said, okay, fine. You convinced me. And I started practicing that. I started doing it on my own stages and I went from making little bits of, you know, getting a few members here and there to closing, you know, dozens of members at an event by doing a close. And it was just incredible. And then using my own network, I said, now I want to do a TED Talk. I felt like I had all these um, great experiences. I had practiced being really good at telling my story and telling it impactfully. And then I started telling everybody I want to do a TED Talk because I, I want to get the, it was more about the practice and more about another opportunity to expand myself. And then I had a friend one day say, you said you want to do a TED Talk, right? You've said that to me multiple times. I said, yeah, I do. She says, okay, well, I'm going to host a TED Talk and um I'd like you to be one of our speakers. And I was blown away. I put that out there a million times and she heard me and she responded to that and um, put me on the list. And I was the first one on the stage. And so after that, um, I mean, it takes a few months for it to get published, but after that, um, it, it was out there. It didn't even have a ton of viewership. I mean, but it got me, um, opportunities to be featured in publications because people watched the TED Talk and said, I would love to expound on this. Can I interview you? And then it also brought me speaking engagements. And then I, I was able to use that. Um, so I, I was on a tool called Speaker Match. Um, and I put that on my Speaker Match profile and I made thousands of dollars <laughs> um, from 
you know, being a, a speaker and being hired to go fly or drive out to places to go and speak. And so that was really, it was a transformational moment for me because it was expansive and it put me in front of a big room full of people and terrified me and helped me just have this really big growth moment and helped me grow as a speaker because they teach you how to use that presentation style. And then it also helped me to build credibility and to get more speaking engagements, which, which brings me customers. So it, it was just all of those things. I think speaking um, and it's and, and not every speaking engagement is, you know, that opportunity. But I think, you know, when when you have those opportunities to speak, it is again, it goes back to that's the same thing I'm talking about with this whole um, episode is it creates connections. It builds your network. It helps to people to feel they're a part of something. They're a part of the the universe of you now. And when you do a really great job of that, people feel like they're a part of something when you talk. They feel like they've joined a community of people that have been around you, that have learned this, you know, deeper, authentic story that you've shared. And that is meaningful. And so I think speaking is a really great way to build out your network, build your following, build your community and connect with people who already know you as well. Nice. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah, that just sounds very exciting. And I think a lot of the listeners will get a lot of motivation from that because I know it's sometimes a a bit of a road to get from wanting to do a TED Talk to actually getting on the stage. So um, getting back to creating these connections and building your network, how can the energy we bring to our customer relationships impact how we feel and perform in our business? That's a really amazing framing of that question. And I think, so I'll just to, to bring it to, I like to ground things in my own experiences. I had this experience early last year, the, the pandemic had hit (laughs) and I was in a a dark moment watching all this horrible news and really, you know, bringing it into me in this ugly way. And then I was working um, with my toddler who was just learning to walk. So I had to be so, I was so attentive. I couldn't hardly focus on anything except for him. Cause I thought he was going to break his nose. <laughs> just walking around. He was just being so daring. And, um, it was, it was a lot. And so I had this moment where I said to myself, um, I want a different relationship with the people I serve. So for a while, I had gotten into this place because PR is a very ego-driven thing. People do not oftentimes need PR. They want PR so that they feel big and and bad. And, And so it brings sometimes an ugly set of people that I really did not like working with. And they're, you know, Wall Street and they're, you know, really wealthy and they got all this money and they're just... They were really mean to me at times. And just and and I don't mean every everybody on Wall Street, I have a new Wall Street guy who's amazing and sweet and is just the most amazing, the best guy. So it was just there. I was bringing the ugliest people 
And I think it was the way that I was presenting myself and connecting with people. I was putting on a show. I was putting myself in a position to bring those people. And so in my moment of vulnerability, and I said that I don't want that relationship with people anymore. And I put out this video and now it's like, it's a really bad video, <laughs> but I made a really bad YouTube video that said, this is who I am. I didn't dress up. I didn't put on makeup. I turned on my little ring light and I just said, this is who I am. This is my background. And this is how I do things. And I said, I'm honest. I'm not going to overbill you. And, you know, I, I, I work by myself, but I also have some assistants that help me and, you know, this is what my life is and this is who I am. And this is, you know, what I, what I do. And I, I felt like, you know, it was, I, I think the moment that I was in just changed everything. And after that video, all the people who found me came from that video and they would say, I'm going to hire you because I saw that video and I knew that you were the one. And I was like, really? And then they would, the relationship I had with them was so amazing. They were inspiring me as much as I was inspiring them. And this give and take that we had was just beautiful. I felt like I was creating something for them and they weren't just some ego project of, you know, what can I get to them to make them feel good about themselves and make them feel like they're winning today. It was how can I support them? And it was people that were um, really growth oriented and really um, had these big missions and it just changed my life. I, I connected with them and then they brought me more amazing customers. And so um, I think you know, coming back to what I think you were asking me, you know, that rela the relationship that you have with your, with your, with the people that you serve and that, that co-inspiration, you know, inspiring each other, it brings you um, in, it, it, it's an invigoration to keep being inspired with what you do, because sometimes, I mean, no matter what you do, yes, we all left the job world because there was something that wasn't right there. And we think, you know, we go into our own business and we think, oh, this is going to be better. But sometimes there are moments when you get in the blah with what you're doing as a solopreneur and you don't want to do it. There are moments where it's hard. And so the people having really amazing customers and really beautiful relationships with them and having people that inspire you as much as you inspire them and feeling like it's a beautiful partnership, it keeps you engaged in what you're doing, keeps you inspired to keep going. And then it also does that thing I've been talking about, which because they've had a really beautiful relationship and community connection with you, they bring you more of that amazing energy, pe more people who will support your business in a way that invigorates you and keeps that beautiful energy going. I am on a roll now with not having those kind of people. I've even gone back to having really big, more corporate clients again. And, um, and only because the first one that came back to me, because I had said, I'm never going to work with another tech company. They're terrible. They're mean. They have too many things going on and they want to call me at 8 p 8, 8, 8, 8 p.m. at night and have me like do stuff. And um, then one came to me and he said, I saw that video 
and I want to hire you. And I was like, well, he said the right words. <laughs> I have a little yeah, story. Right. He said the right words. He saw the video. He knows who I am and he respects my boundaries. I said, I have a, I have a son. I do not work all the time. We have to schedule meetings. I'm not going to be available every day. And he said, that's okay. And it's been a really great relationship. So I started a train. I'm going to try to stay on this by continuing to, you know, have this beautiful relationship with each each person that I'm dealing with and continue to put out that kind of content and energy that has that feel of authenticity and being myself and just letting people know that this is this is me um, and no you know, no, no putting on faces, no putting on, you know, certain airs so that I get the right people in the bus. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Crystal, I've really loved having you on the show. You have amazing energy and this has been such valuable information you're sharing. Can you please tell our listeners how they can find you to learn more about you and the amazing work you're doing? I am at crystalcovington.com. Um, Crystal with a K. And then on social media, it's Crystal Go Lead. Oh, beautiful. And those links will be in the show notes. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom and um, giving us your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it too. And your challenge for this week, my friends, is to reach out to three people in your current audience with the purpose of creating a stronger connection to them and nothing else. Not to potentially turn them into a client or make a sale, but simply to connect. Send them a note of encouragement, ask them how they're doing, offer a free gift. And then no sales pitch, no call to action, just making a connection and see where that connection leads. And if you'd like help, calling clients into your business right now, then download my free checklist to remove the five visibility blocks that are preventing your ideal clients from finding you. Your offerings are too important to remain invisible, so this checklist will help you be seen and get fully booked. You can find a link to download on my website, alisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.